0: All right, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. It's Dr. David Miller here, a naturopathic doctor. I'm here with Dr. Michelle Pobega, who's doing her stretches, getting ready uh, to talk about some food as medicine.
1: Just, just gearing up for the talk, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about food as medicine because that is foundational. Food is foundational when it comes to your overall health, but then specific food can be used for specific situations. So that's what we kind of want to get into more importantly today.
0: Yeah. So I, you sort of rightfully corrected me when I was like, "Hey, how about some specific things we use like in clinic for specific people with specific conditions or whatever? Just things that maybe are especially useful for some conditions." You're like, "But you know, food is medicine, and but yes, all
1: food is medicine. It
0: is, or it can be." yeah it can be what some people say it can be you know what you eat can be the most important sort of medicine you take or it can also be a real detriment to your health if you eat
1: if it's really- the wrong if it's the wrong food for for what you need
0: yes or if exactly. it's toxic
1: it's riddled with toxins and glyphosate
0: <laughs> exactly and that's worth a whole other podcast okay um Let's, uh, this will be a little bit of a shorter one today, uh, in case you're sort of judging your time availability for this. So uh, what do you want to start with for our top five that we put together today, uh, foods as medicines?
1: I would like to start with apple cider vinegar. Perfect. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Now tell us, <laughs> tell us why you picked that one.
1: Um. Thank you. Uh, I picked apple cider vinegar because um, I picked it because it's something that a lot of people already have in their pantry. And it's super easy. And because I just finished everybody my sixth gallbladder flush. And it was a pivotal component to doing my gallbladder flush. It is a source of malic acid, which helps soften stones so that as they flush out of your system, they're not tearing up your insides as they leave your body. So that's a pretty important part of the flush because you don't want to cause any irritation. So I specifically use that as a medicine and some people I'll tell them about the gallbladder flesh and like, so what do I need to buy? Like, do I have to buy any supplements from you today? I was like, all you got to get is the magnesium. And they're like, that's it. And I was like, yeah, you get everything else at the grocery store. And they're like dumbfounded by that. Cause it's, it's, that's, that's what it is. So it's a nice, a nice little thing to have in the cupboard for, for, flushes should anyone come through my office and be told to do a gallbladder flush um it's also helpful for blood sugar regulation i know that there's like mixed information or lack of like quote-unquote research studies on this but clinically relevant or what people experience is that taking a little bit of apple cider vinegar before meals um improves blood sugar regulation um and their body's ability to manage the blood the, the sugars in that particular meal um it also helps i think with uh sorry not not i think it helps also with digestion of the meal because it is a st- stimulates digestive processes. So people who suffer from like dyspepsia or excessive burping or feeling heavy in the stomach or even GERD, reflux, bloating, um, people who have those kinds of digestive issues can benefit. They may benefit from taking some apple cider vinegar. I usually say like start with a teaspoon, see how you feel, work your way up to about a tablespoon and dilute a little bit of water at some point before you eat your meal. Ideally, you know, a good 10 minutes before. So it can go in and start to do the work before food actually enters your stomach. So
0: it's things, gets things primed up, eh?
1: Gets things primed. So it's good also for people who have like low stomach acid, right? Or are not, or their digestion is just sluggish and they need a little bit of like a kickstart.
0: I I think the stomach, I think the stomach really needs either bitter or sour tasting too. So you're talking about some molecular perspective, uh, like with the malic acid and all that. I think that's um, probably a main part of how it works. But another way, maybe like a reflexive way <clears throat> in which it works, is the sensation of taste, different kinds of tastes, it initiates a, a kind of neurological cascade. Uh, so like how bitters start a kind of neurological cascade all through the GI tract. Something similar is happening, I think, with sour. And yeah. uh, I'm glad you're talking about this one because I use bitters, uh, like bitters, all the time in my practice. And I probably, I think, I prescribed at least three today. Um, so I'm, I love bitters as my sort of go-to. But I'm probably getting to the point where uh, I'm going to ask people maybe to try apple cider vinegar and bitters and just sort of see which one. Uh, does it for them because sometimes I think people do really well with that sour taste mm-hmm. that the it, that the apple cider vinegar gives and maybe other people will do better with bitter um yeah so yeah and I use apple cider vinegar just if you're incorporating it as like a food like my my go-to uh like dressing <laughs> for salad you may say I'm a very boring man um but it's just apple cider vinegar and olive oil
1: yeah, um, my Italian side kicks in, and I have to have some like mint, freshly minced garlic, and balsamic with my olive oil.
0: Okay, you fancy. Huh? And then
1: I whisk it.
0: Yeah. And then well, I, I whisk it, it too if I if I'm feeling fancy, but I just think it's a good way to get it in. If you know, uh, in addition to like your little it's shot true. glass, yeah, or whatever. Yeah.
1: No, it's true. It can definitely be used as a substitute for for vinegars and salad dressings and stuff, but. It's like a nice cheap and cheerful something to have and we try like and, and see. And you said something about like bitters and, and sour stimulating digestion, stimulating liver, gallbladder function, detoxification, the whole digestive tract. And like, if we really stop and think about the standard North American diet, both of those flavors tend to lack Yeah. in most of the standard North American diet. Like we yes. don't, we don't really um, stimulate those taste buds. And then obviously we don't really invigorate those like, Receptors throughout our body exactly. to the degree that we could. I think probably the most bitter thing that most people drink on a regular basis is probably coffee, right? But
0: <clears throat> yep. No, I think you're right. We focus a lot on I'd say sweet umami. Um uh sweet umami, probably spicy or more yeah. it depends on how yeah.
1: you and know, then and then richness with like fatties to add like texture. Yeah, exactly. That's usually what is most dominant in and salty. Yeah, and salty.
0: So yeah, get your bitters, get your sour, um, and whichever one is better for you. Good on you.
1: Yeah. What okay. do you want to talk about?
0: Okay. Should I throw, should I throw my favorite or my yes. second? Okay, I'll throw my Please. favorite. And
1: and 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 when I saw this recently at the grocery store.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: I and I thought ah. about Dave.
0: Ah. Wow. Like- she knows me so well. She saw prunes and she thought of me. <laughs> And probably having a nice, enviable bowel movement. Um, so prunes. Prunes are what I want to talk about. Um, and yes, of course, prunes are very helpful to to those who are somewhat constipated. Or maybe just to like maintain a kind of regularity. Um, mm-hmm. I did put a tiny bit of prunes in a fiber that... Uh, I got signature supplements to put together a fiber for me. And I put like, I think 5% of it's prunes. So I don't care if you're constipated or if you have like looser stools, a little bit of prunes is going to help the microbiome um, in the way that we want it. So yes, of course, uh, for constipation, grandma knows best, right? Sometimes, a lot of the time. Um, So prunes for constipation, yes, obvious uh, and often forgotten. Like I have to admit, sometimes I had forgotten like, uh, about prunes, I'll be like, oh, it takes some magnesium or take yeah. some fire. And it's like, holy shit, I totally forgot about prunes. Like, if we can use food, I think that's what we're trying to get at here. Is if we can use food, apple cider vinegar is in the fridge, probably for those who have a salad now and then, prunes, get them in your uh, get them in your pantry because uh the cure is in the cupboard. But here's the cooler aspect of using prunes i think and that's for osteoporosis i know this this
1: is wild to me i didn't know this so
0: yeah yeah okay i'm so happy that you are going to be able to use this too so i think the most specific studies are done in postmenopausal women um probably because they're just most susceptible i guess there's such a step change in your Z score or t score i forget what the deck the uh, bone density score uh, because i don't work with that all the time but um anyway postmenopausal women uh do really well in terms of osteopenia osteoporosis eating prunes and multiple studies and you might say how that why what people are studying food as medicine well it's because there's uh there's money involved just like there always is with research and there's people making money on like i think there's like a prune board or there's like a whatever you know like how they have the prune board you know the dairy board there's like their little little friend like the prune board or something so there's um they've sort of put together the resources to study uh, prunes, which is awesome, because it's food. Um, so yes, all, all research is biased to some degree, whether it's prunes or vaccines, it's going to be biased. I said the V word. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Anyways, canceled. Anyway. Um, so osteoporosis, uh, I think what's happening here, Michelle, uh, is I think it's because the pRl, which I've I've talked to you about. I don't know. I talk much on the air about it. The potential renal acid load of foods is one really interesting perspective of looking at um, how healthy a food will be for someone, especially if they've got like issues with let's say metabolic acidosis, a low level of acidity in their body, or no, not a low level, a high, a high chronically elevated level of acidity in their body. Mm -hmm. or kidney disease, because your kidneys are like, if you're acidic, your kidneys are like, they're tired and and get tired from dealing with all that acid. So the potential renal acid load is like minus 13 or something for prunes, which means they're highly, highly alkaline. And they give the prune, or sorry, they give the kidneys uh, a real break. So this goes to that idea that uh, the calcium in the bones is a reservoir of alkaline. And so, as you are constantly dealing with acidity, your body makes the short-term decision to sort of give up some, you know calcium uh, in in an effort to help that pH be between like seven point three and seven point four. And so in the short term, it makes sense. Your bones can sort of grow back later. Your body's like, okay, well, we'll make up for that later. But if you're constantly, giving up a little bit it's death by a million cuts or whatever so i think a little bit of how it's happening and i could be wrong um is that it's it's helping with acid alkaline balance and your body's therefore you like dissolving less bone tissue to maintain the acid alkaline balance in more acutely needed reservoirs like the blood that's sort of nerdy but you
1: you said the same about raisins though as well
0: yeah. And they're about different. the same. Okay. So yeah. Raisins are about the same PRL score. Uh, so, cause I was looking this up for someone anytime I have someone with like really, a, I'm, I'm really suspecting acidosis. I, I'm looking at raisins and prunes and, and things like that. So,
1: so d- does this have also an effect on kidney stones? I know certain kidney stones can form because Ooh. of microbial burdens, but I wonder if it would also help with kidney stones or, um short answer reducing, yes re- reducing i guess continued frequency or yes you know
0: so i think you're yes i the short answer would be yes and you know i i like to know the details even more because yeah it's going to decrease the acidity uh, in the kidneys probably too, right? And yeah. the tubules and all that. So most crystals, and again, I, I hesitate to say every crystal because I don't want to say that unless I know it, but a lot of crystals are precipitated by low pH or acid conditions. So yes, that will be why uh, less stones will, will probably form. I didn't think of that.
1: No, You're I think st- that yeah. I'm curious about that. Because I have like, because I'm just, as you were talking, I was going through the Rolodex in my head of clients and there's a number of of clients who not only have gallstones but also kidney stones and i'm uh-huh. I have to tread very carefully around that to not mobilize the kidney stones um while trying to navigate those waters interesting. but um preventative measures as well after to like just not allow things to continue to develop and, and get worse
0: yeah interesting um so worthwhile food for yeah, thought gonna, you could say food yeah. for thought right you you could yeah
1: you could say that or you could know
0: <laughs> okay you could say that if you're into bad bad dad jokes, dad jokes. you've yeah. gone
1: full dad joke i, oh, have, yeah, I think they... you've always been a little bit of a dad jokes kind of guy been. though but then even I... pre even pre-dad phase even your dad jokes
0: time. i know yeah okay let's move on from part, of your, dad charm, jokes. Dave.
1: part <laughs> of your charm okay ginger is another one that i want to talk about
0: yeah. she's a beaut well, I'm glad she's, you say she's, she's a beauty. Why did you say she's a beauty?
1: I don't know. I feel like she's a beaut is just a phrase. And I think it, it, it's not non-gender specific, guys. I'm just throwing it out. It's just a phrase. <laughs> Please don't get mad at me. <laughs> I didn't impose gender, gender ginger terms. Yeah. No ginger has no gender. Ginger um, has no gender. It's a fantastic food. I find that it's been on my radar more. And I'm trying to implement its use more medicinally rather than people having to reach for pills Um, because it's available at every grocery store. Let's be real. Um, This one I find cold and flu season when I when I'm getting a cold, I'm buying ginger and I'm just like brewing a pot of like ginger yeah. tea and I just keep adding water, cutting up a few more pieces, and like reboiling it and just letting it simmer, and then throw some honey in it. And it's probably the thing one of the things that makes me feel so good to drink when I'm sick. And it also has really good um, support for immune function um, when you are under the weather. So cold and flu season, guys, keep ginger in the house because it's a it's a quick little something to add in. I know my boyfriend said back in the day, now this is gonna add another herb, uh something in there. His his uncle was old school and he would just literally take a chunk of ginger, put it like in a shot glass or something and a garlic and like macerate it and just make James eat it (laughs) when he was and then James was like, and then I would literally feel better within 24 hours. (laughs)
0: yeah <laughs> so no i can't believe i kind of forgot about it i'm glad you um brought it to my attention because i do use it ginger lemon and honey is, is yeah. sort of my go-to when i have a, a cold or a flu i like ginger i like that it's spicy i like that it's warming i don't even put the lemon i'll put a little bit of the
1: honey to cut the edge off of it but i kind of almost cr- i find for me when i'm sick that's the one time i will not crave coffee but i'll crave ginger like fresh yeah
0: tea. yeah and it's delicious like in terms of uh, compliance or whatever. Sometimes food things are, you know, some people aren't tough enough to stomach them or yeah, whatever. Like
1: bitter, mel- bitter melon, that's a hard one to sell sometimes. Yeah. You yeah.
0: Know? And and yeah. So some stuff is maybe harder uh for compliance. But I find ginger really, really good. Ginger, yeah. lemon, honey. I'd say most people are going to be okay with that. And if they're not, they deserve to be sick longer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Punished. Um, another one is nausea so weird nausea like also pregnancy nausea ginger is one of those things that's according to the powers that be safe for consumption yeah. um yeah. during High pregnancy dose. yeah yeah so that's a good one and it's also anti-inflammatory it's got fantastic antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties so i have found that some of some times with clients of mine, because we're working on very specific things, and they're already on a, a a certain type of protocol, but there might be residual inflammation, or they already have inflammation in the body or signs of inflammation, because our previous podcast that we talked about was signs of inflammation. So go look, go listen to that one, if you guys want to know, but like, you know, migraines, joint aches, things like that, anything with an itis. Um, and I'll have them, I'll, I'll just I'll just request that they make like a ginger tea every day. Um, and if they can combine it with turmeric, right? Ginger turmeric, again, you can add lemon. you can add honey. you could drink lemon turmeric day. could
0: be actually that would that wouldn't be a bad addition to your ginger, lemon, honey, and a touch of turmeric,
1: yeah. Yes. And sometimes from a cost efficiency perspective, you know, these days, I have some clients who really want to work with me, but they're limited from a cost perspective. And I said, Okay, let's see what we can do with food. And I find that I've been gravitating hey towards the ginger and the turmerics if they can nice. do that, and implementing yeah. that every day, um, yeah. to to just reduce the little bit of the inflammation as we do all the other stuff more systematically with like, supplements or, or herbal medicine.
0: Cool. So I
1: find that that's a nice one. And you brought up when we were talking, um, for dysmenorrhea so period well, that's pain. why
0: that's why i was getting that you said she's a beauty
1: <laughs> i was like
0: okay she's she's giving us a bit of a prelude here to no i wasn't dysmenorrhea. I, had,
1: I wish i was that clever but it was there was <laughs> there was no connection but subconsciously
0: clever bring it on
1: yeah cramping period cramps basically like pain and discomfort during your period usually because of excessive inflammation or there's going to be some kind of inflammatory effect that's contributing to that because inflammation equals pain. So ginger being anti inflammatory can be quite helpful and warming. So like things that warm things allows for blood flow to be a little bit better, like that kind of premise.
0: Yeah, and you can use high dose for that dysmenorrhea, I think Uh, two four grams. uh, I think some because they do come in pills, like, again, the idea of this, this episode here is to give away a few things that we think are awesome, cheap, cheerful things in the cupboard. um, Ideally, but you can yep. do the the supplement too, I think.
1: Yep. And it's, ginger is a digestive aid too, not even for nausea. Carminative, because, it's amazing. Right. So it's like in in digestive bitter formulations for that reason as well. So it is also helpful for other digestive things other than just like the nausea. It's
0: in my awesome fiber too, because I, I found that uh, psyllium fiber uh, probably will be better tolerated with some kind of carminative because it makes some people gassy and farty and bloaty. Mm-hmm. So, mm. Yeah. Is Farty a word? It is now. It is now. You gotta invent a word now and then. Like normalcy was a word. Uh Roosevelt, I think, made up that word. Just made it up and now it's a word. Normalcy. Yeah. Became normal. Anyway. Useless history tidbits. Um,
1: all words have been made up by someone at some point in time. So literally. That's, eh. Wow. Wow,
0: that's good.
1: <laughs> I got deep there.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh Next, next on the list—it's my turn. Yes, is lemons, which is also in ginger lemon tea. Ha. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the uses for lemons. Some people, uh, some people use lemons for like just for as a digestive thing in the morning. I don't know if you have some patients you do that.
1: I do that, and I suggest it every morning as a way to like revitalize the body, stimulate detoxification, wake up the digestive system. It's part of my my morning jam, and I recommend okay. it to a lot of people.
0: I feel less cool than you now because I don't do that. Um, but I <laughs> I um I know people that do it and they they find it sort of gets digestion rolling in the right way in the morning. It yeah. Oh look deal. for those that can't see, she has a, some lemon water right now. Um, yeah, and I mean naturopaths is known about it for a while. I remember there was a naturopath, I forget who she was. She, her that was her, I think that was her um website was lemonwater.com. So lemons. Are big thing for lots of naturopaths, but uh, the main indication that I, I know there's some damn hardcore evidence for is kidney stones. Hmm. Yeah. So they're um, they Talk are. Talk to out. me,
1: Dave. Yeah. Tell well, me all about it.
0: Well, you see, uh, there's a couple things. Um, it's they're good for that again. That PRL score is is in the negatives. So that means they're uh, although they're acid, it's kind of counterintuitive. They have a they have sort of an alkalinizing effect on the body,
1: like apple cider vinegar. Similarly,
0: ooh, I should look that up.
1: I think I. I, I almost, need to know the numbers. I'm almost certain. Um, I'm almost certain it helps create more of a an alkalinity when it combines with our chemistry, like a lemon does.
0: Interesting, yeah, and it's counterintuitive, but it's what all it's a, what all the old boys and old girls would have said said a long time ago is that there's some foods that are acid, excuse me, acid forming and alkaline forming. Mm-hmm. and lemons would have been one of the alkaline ones and that that was counterintuitive but they were right um short side note p the potential renal acid load is it's really cool because it's it's an, a newer i would say in the last uh, maybe 20 years way for us to actually be able to quantify the acidic or the alkaline uh, inducing effect on the body of foods, because before that there was no real way; they didn't have a way of sort of estimating it at least mm-hmm. quantitatively. So it's really cool when, again, like science shows what the old boys and the old girls have been doing for a while. Ew. Uh, yeah, it's neat. So kidney stones, uh, part of the part of it is because the pH uh effect it's going to improve the uh alkalinity of the tubules and the body as a whole and then also it's because it's a source of citrate and uh Ah. citrate yeah citric acid again counterintuitively citric acid can help with um with stones so kidney stones i would say just like that's why you
1: use magnesium citrate when you're doing a kidney stone protocol, you are using uh-huh. magnesium citrate specifically magnesium to help dilate the vessels, but also citrate to help with the stones. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: a, it's a double win. Like if, if I can, if, uh, you know, not looking at this in isolation from other factors, but if there's like a, if there's a supplement that's a citrate, I'm usually a big fan of it just because, um, or sometimes a glycinate, right. Cause glycine has all those, um, neuroprotective effects too and can help with uh um, people who are just you know uh, glycine you can use it sublingually when you're having like a panic attack so it's kind of got mm-hmm. this calming mm-hmm. f- effect too so uh glycinates and and citrates uh have that sort of bonus uh side effect um so lemons kidneys uh and just probably related back to your apple cider vinegar as a source of sour um I wouldn't be surprised if they're helping the stomach uh in the morning too when you guys are having it in the morning when you cool people are having uh warm lemon water in the morning is it warm or is it just
1: uh usually i prefer warm warmer yeah. room temperature
0: yeah the stomach likes in traditional medicine the stomach likes uh warm or or lukewarm more yeah. than it likes cold constricting
1: yeah. no it doesn't i i also i uh, Myself included. I also don't like cold unless I'm like massively overheated on yeah. a beach outside sweating. I will crave maybe like a cold coconut water, but my, but most of my water, I like room temperature or warm.
0: Unless you're Schwitzing.
1: Unless I'm Schwitzing.
0: Yeah. Um, you are, and, but we are, we're, when we get together like in person, which I, I don't, I don't know the last time I saw you in person, it's been like a long time. We're going to do some stomach work on you. Yes, okay we're gonna so, so then you'll excited. experience you'll experience the importance of the stomach visceral manipulation yes okay um you're gonna you're gonna be the um the one who finishes everything off here with
1: collagen yeah collagen and or bone broths um so this is this is a nice little one we, we I don't know why I'm tripping over my words. This is ridiculous. But it's very helpful for enabling better collagen production in your yes. own body to supply you with those with the collagen building blocks or collagen molecules themselves. Um, so things that are made out of collagen, hair, skin and nails are the most obvious and from a vanity standpoint everybody loves supporting those um but also collagen is going to be supportive for bone structure for joints and tendons um for lung tissue for gastrointestinal tissue so improving uh collagen structure is helpful for like most of the body Yeah, there's collagen in every kind of
0: yeah in every kind of structure yeah um and, uh, it's, it, I guess it's, it's, it goes back to that kind of old organotherapy idea where it's like, if you have liver problems, eat liver. If you have like problems with the kidneys, you need to eat kidneys. Like that's mm-hmm. an old Chinese medicine thing. Yeah. I know. And I think in other traditional medicines, they do that too. Clandular so if you have, and yeah. yeah, glandulars or organotherapy. So if you have problems in, you know, connective tissue, which is highly dependent on collagen as part of that matrix, then guess what sources of collagen help? collagen things in our body it's yeah pretty simple
1: it's it's awesome and i mean i i love bone broths come winter season my freezer's always like stocked up with bones and it's cheap and cheerful yeah. right get to know your butchers ask for the bones now it's become a thing so they start charging for bones back in the yeah. day your butcher would just give you the bones for free um but now it's charged but it's it's nothing and i mean i'm the girl that will also go and get chicken feet for extra collagen to make her you're that broth. girl I have I've become that girl only in the last two years because we went to uh, there's this one specific smaller grocery store and they had frozen chicken feet and I grabbed some. And so I add add that to my bone broth and it makes it super collagen dense because so when you make a broth and it It also
0: makes a chicken foot dense. Blech.
1: no it actually like it actually falls apart um the chicken Blech. foot after um i know you it's, it's hey the, all in the name of like of my health but also i also appreciate like not wasting parts so i respect the use of the chicken foot for this too me making
0: oh, those sounds was sort of yeah. making fun of myself sorry i i no, wish okay. i wish i was again michelle I wish I was cooler about chicken feet. They, they just wouldn't go over well at, in our house, I don't think.
1: No, but also I I posted on Instagram and even all of our naturopathic colleges are like, oh my God, I could never. And I was like, <laughs> well, come on over guys. I'll make you some broth with some ch-. Like, it's not like I cook you a soup and then I have a claw hanging out. Like I, I, yeah. I separate it from the broth after. You're not yeah. looking at it. Anyways, yeah. when when a broth cools, it should be gelatinous. And that's a really good sign that there is collagen and good gelatin in there um nice. and, that, and that and then you know you have a collagen rich broth um and also awesome for your immune system in the winter so i t- i typically make in a big batches and always freeze some so if push comes to shove and i need a little bit of bone broth and in a jam that i have some um mm-hmm. i'll sip on it even by the mugful. but for my mornings i often use a collagen powder and i blend it in with my morning coffee and i do that regularly because yeah for- and it's tasteless right it's pretty tasteless. Some people are like, Oh no, it changes the taste. I've never had it ever change the taste of my coffee. I don't know. I don't know what brand they're using. That's pretty
0: cool. See, I did it in, um, I did put it when I was eating like, or drinking a bunch of that bulletproof type coffee Mm -hmm. and I didn't notice it had any, uh, it didn't have any effect on the, on the, um, taste, which is pretty cool.
1: Nope. And then it gives you some amino acids to start your day. So it's not just a revving of caffeine as well, but Um, for some of my clients, if I've worked on acne and stuff, we're doing hormonal balancing or microbial balancing and like topical stuff or whatever, but, um, I often end up bringing in collagen for the healing process. So, so people with like scarring, anything like that, because your skin is so predominantly made out of collagen structure, um, to help lay down the foundations as the skin heals, it's helpful to have those building blocks to allow that healing to happen as smoothly as possible. So collagen's helpful for that too. I've noticed that my nails are a lot stronger now. Um, well, since taking the collagen, they used to chip and fray a little bit more. Um, but I think it's also a testament of just me taking me in a better, better state of health as well. Um, and knowing how to take care of myself, but collagen is just part of my daily routine now.
0: Also, apparently you're just lucky with your skin just relaying the story that you told me earlier which you can or choose not to share if you don't want
1: i to. feel bad when people are like what's your skin routine michelle like your skin is so nice and i was like okay well i think partly genetics because my mom has beautiful skin um i've never been one to get like a lot of acne on my skin so like knock on wood i probably just drinks myself but that's always been a, a blessing of mine but like i literally fall asleep with my makeup on <gasps> um I'm the worst. I'm so lazy with my skincare routine. Like I don't have that nine step process. Some people are regimented where they have to put their hair up and clip things back and they go through, I I don't, it's not me. I mean, I use very clean skincare products when I do, and I've really simplified it. That could be an important,
0: that could be an important detail of all that. Yeah.
1: But I do use clean skincare products. Like my makeup is still whatever, but if I don't have to wear makeup, I'm not putting anything on either. So I I do try to keep things as simple as possible, but I think it's also a testament to how well I take Care of myself, um, in general.
0: Yeah, I mean, skin gut connection, all that. I'm I'm gonna say that I didn't have as much like experience with collagen because I never found, personally, or in the few times I I used it with people, I didn't find. Actually, more times people would come to me and saying they're already taking it. Like, what do you think? And I'm mm-hmm. like, sure, go for it. Like, I'm not yeah. going to stop you, especially if it's bone broth. You've just eaten the meat and you're just boiling up the bones. Like, come on, that makes a lot of sense. Or maybe some chicken feet. Um, but I just had a patient come in this week and she told me um, she told me her skin is ama- like doing amazing uh, from this uh, marine collagen that she got from uh, uh, coal... Cool Wellness. That's Jillian Cole. She was a practicing naturopath. I don't think she. I think she gave up her license. Um, but yeah, she said this marine collagen from Cool Wellness has been like game changer and actually there's, tastes good.
1: There's different types of collagen. Now I don't. I know there's like type one, type two, type three. Some are gonna have affinity more for the skin. Some might have an affinity more for like bone and joints. And marine collagen is specifically good for more like the beauty skin side of things.
0: Oh. Well, there. See, you learned me. I did not know.
1: Yeah, I, I only know. learned about that when I worked at Big Carrot, because that's when I was there. That's when collagen began to blow up. Right. So that's when it starts to become a thing, and we were one of the few places people can come and get grass-fed collagen from. And
0: grass-fed I would love to know collagen. what Fred, Francis Ashwagandha would say about that. What a <laughs> oh man! God.
1: What a man! And what it just an interesting, interesting human all the way around. But, uh, yeah. Collagen okay. guys. Ayo. Okay.
0: So that was the five. We went apple cider vinegar, uh, prunes, ginger lemons and collagen or bone broth. And oh, uh, one
1: thing, sorry, really quickly with collagen is it might, it's going to take time to notice the difference. Like it takes time to notice time? the difference. Well, if you think about it, if, new growth of a nail it's going to take time for the new growth to be collagen rich before it ends reaches the tip for you to notice whether or not your chipping and breaking is, is changing it takes time for hair growth to come in so people are like well i'm taking collagen and my hair doesn't feel thicker i'm like it's only been a month right so there's a certain level of like patience that still has to be had with collagen use too so just fyi
0: yeah that makes sense i, I so that that makes sense like cognitively but you know what I, i've seen in practice is that when something is really really relevant like maybe it was something you your body's just like lapping and just loving it yeah or it was something you were so deficient in you will see improvements faster than makes sense like michelle's yeah. saying stuff that makes sense there i've i've noticed this with like iron i don't know if you've noticed this like with iron or or call maybe collagen does this too i didn't ask this girl how fast uh she noticed improvements but she was very adamant like is she she's like it definitely made a massive difference sometimes if you really needed it it will you're you you'll feel like it's almost like you feel it from within yeah that your hair is better your skin is better your nails are better like nails hardening up within a period of time that doesn't make sense so
1: no it's true i think when your body's really deficient in craving that particular nutrient it'll just like yeah like you said almost like lap it up
0: yeah and like as a you know as a um you cognitively go this doesn't make any sense but then as a clinician you go well i've seen this a hundred times so yeah so but i just it.
1: wanted to, to prepare people that it's not something that might have an instantaneous result you're
0: gonna so. under promise and over deliver michelle that's good that's what we try to do at the podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> wrap, it <up. laughs> wrap it up
0: okay well i hope um we didn't really under promise too much and but I do hope we will be delivered with some, uh, some really awesome uh, cures in the cupboard or the fridge in the case of apple cider vinegar and, and lemons. Cool.
1: Yeah. Guys, okay. reach for, for food. Food is medicine. Yeah.
0: Food first, if you can. Thank you again for listening to me and Dr. Michelle Pobega and D on that naturopathic podcast. Check you next week. That naturopathic podcast (laughs) TNP Hello there